This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Friday, May 31st, 2019. I'm Caleb Brown. The president has threatened to launch a new 5% tariff on all goods from Mexico starting mid-June. Cato's Simon Lester, a trade policy analyst, details what that means for U.S. consumers, U.S. manufacturers, and other national governments that may now be thinking twice about launching new trade agreements with the United States. Given the president's uh, threat to lay 5% tariffs on every product that comes from Mexico, uh, how does this complicate the trading relationships that the U.S. has uh, in its yet-to-be-passed-into-law USMCA, the free trade agreement among Mexico, the United States, and Canada? Well, with all of the the U.S. trading relationships right now, uh, the Trump administration is coming off as an unreliable partner. Um, they promise one thing um, and then they don't follow through on it. So, look, NAFTA, is, the the core of NAFTA is eliminating all tariffs on trade between three countries. If the U.S. is just going to impose tariffs uh, despite those obligations whenever it wants, it's not clear why any other government would, would want to be in a trade agreement with us uh, and have a trade relationship with us. You know, they just can't rely on the commitments that the Trump administration um, is making. And so so right now we're in the process of we've renegotiated NAFTA. and We might then implement it uh, uh, as this new USMCA. And in each country, there's this sort of domestic political process to, to ratify it. And, the, you know, the U.S. congressional process is difficult and we can get to that if you want. But but Mexico um, still has to pass to implement USMCA through its Congress. And if it turns out that the, the United States is going to be imposing tariffs regardless of the USMCA, it's not clear to me why they would bother passing the USMCA. What does it get them? Um, presumably, it would get them lower tariffs, but apparently it doesn't. So it just it's not clear how much value a trade agreement has um, when one of the parties is going to impose tariffs whenever they feel like it. So uh, you mentioned uh, other countries watching this unfold. Uh, what would be what you know, what's hanging out there right now in terms of potential trade agreements that the United States might be engaging in that uh, might give these other countries pause with respect to uh, making agreements with the United States? Yeah, there's a lot of you know talk about potential uh, trading partners out there. Um, there are some talks with Japan that are are somewhat advanced because um, U.S. and Japan already talked about trade as part of the Trans-Pacific Partnership. Uh, that there's uh, preliminary talks going on with the European Union. Um, there's discussions of well, maybe we'll have a trade agreement with the Philippines. Or now I'm hearing Switzerland. Um, but I think what these actions tell all of the U.S. trading partners is. Um, the Trump administration really isn't that serious about trade liberalizing. Uh, they they apply tariffs for such a wide range of reasons um, that, as you know, we talked about just in previous question, um, it's just not clear what the value of a trade agreement is. You know, what what would Japan or the EU get out of a trade agreement with the with the United States when at any moment? For such a wide range of reasons, uh, the U.S. United States might just impose tariffs again. So, so it sort of yeah, it, it it sends a message to trading partners that this just isn't an exercise worth going through, and maybe they're better off just waiting till there's some future administration who who's serious about actually liberalizing trade and and taking on these you know international obligations. What is the statutory authority? I mean, dare I even ask? What's the statutory authority that the president is relying on here? Well, you know, before the Trump administration came. In, into office, there there was a, a, um, a expert, Gary Huffbauer, under a think tank, who went through the whole list of, of statutes that um, that the that the Trump administration might use 
if it wanted to impose tariffs. And boy, there were a lot of them out there, and it kind of surprised a lot of us. This one is called the International Emergency Economic Powers Act, and it sort of originates in something called the Trading with the Enemy Act um, from the 1910s, I think, um, and basically it gives the, the president broad authority to take action against um, what he considers a, a national emergency. It's used quite a lot, but it's it's really for for sanctions, for for dealing with bad actors. So you know, there's somebody in Russia or South Sudan um, who's doing some awful thing. Uh, so you freeze their assets. You know, it, that's how it's normally used. Um, it, it hasn't been used in this way for for tariffs and for trade policy. There's one instance under the Trading with the Enemy Act where uh, President Nixon imposed a 10% surcharge. Um, so that's the only real precedent here. The statute is is very broad. Um, you know, I, I've sort of puzzled over it last night and this morning. Seems to me it, it's broad enough that you know there's at least a credible argument that that the president can do this. Um, it would probably get challenged in court. Uh, I, I don't know how the courts would rule on it. That the 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 statute doesn't explicitly mention the the possibility of tariffs. But it uses a lot of terms like regulate and prohibit uh, importation or exportation. So, so it does give broad authority. Interestingly, um, this statute explicitly gives Congress the ability to use a joint resolution to terminate the president's actions. So, look, if Congress ever wants to step up here and do something about what what you know Trump's approach to trade policy, this is an opportunity for them to do it. And you know, certainly, we'll we'll take a look at what members of Congress have to say about these actions. I mean, I've seen a sort of mix of reactions so far um, as we get closer to actual implementation of these tariffs. Maybe uh, some enough people in Congress will be motivated to say, all right, enough is enough. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll see how it plays out. OK, um, the president has pegged this to uh, the flows of migrants crossing uh, into the U.S. from Mexico. This is an attempt essentially to make this uh, these migrant flows, Mexico's problem. Um, has has any country solved this problem effectively? Yeah, I, I mean, immigration, it, it, these sort of migration problems are such a challenge for everybody, and there are no easy answers out there. Uh, Trump wants there to be an easy answer, which is uh, we have this economic leverage, and you're going to do what we want. And, you know, just sort of put it in Mexico's court to figure it out. But it's just not clear how Mexico can figure this out. You know, what could they possibly do here um, to, you know, to, to satisfy, satisfy the Trump administration? So, you know, they, the Trump administration has put themselves in a really difficult position. It's going to be they're going to have to either they're going to have to go through with it and impose the tariffs or they're going to have to come up with a way out of it. You know, if they you know, if it, if it turns out that Mexico just can't do anything here, um, then they have to either pretend that Mexico did something and then, you know, pull back on the tariffs or they actually have to impose the tariffs and deal with the consequences. And there are going to be serious consequences because we're starting at 5%, but then they're going to ratchet their way out from 10 to 15 to 20, 25% tariffs on all Mexican imports. So, you know, when we talk about Mexican imports, people like to, to joke about avocados as being a big deal. And sure, they are to some people, but I think cars, cars and car parts is the bigger one. If we see 25% tariffs on all uh, imports um, of, of automobiles and automobile, automobile parts from Mexico, consumers are really going to notice that. The auto industry is really going to suffer. So, so you know, the Trump, industry, Trump is, is painting this as about, um, about migration. He also today in a tweet mentioned drugs. 
Uh, it's not clear how his tariffs can do all these things for him. Um, and so either they're going to have to find a way to back down or or deal with the consequences. Um, may, maybe the markets will will help him deal with the consequences. Maybe, maybe markets will show him that this just doesn't work and he's got to find a way out. But, you know, he's a true believer in tariffs. Uh, he's going down with the ship on that one. And we need to, uh, again, reiterate, as we always do, uh, that uh, a lot of the things that the U.S. imports, about half of the value of stuff that the U.S. imports is stuff that Americans use to make other stuff, often for export. So uh, with respect to Mexico specifically, how much of that uh, 5% tariff will be applied to goods that a manu- American manufacturers need? I, I saw an estimate today, and you know I haven't had a chance to double check this. Uh, that it's fifty percent. You know, half of this stuff is going directly to consumers, presumably the avocados. Although I suppose we could import it here and make gua- guacamole. Um, but then things like car parts. I mean, there's a lot of you know parts that are that are like that are they're brought in from Mexico to then assemble um, cars here in the United States, and so that means for for automobile producers here, you know, their costs are going up significantly. So, so yeah, I mean, we're going to feel it both ways. Consumers are going to feel it. Businesses are going to feel it. Um, it would be nice if the combined effect of that were enough to, you know, finally kind of put a stop to this uh, tariff nonsense. Um, yeah, but we'll see. Simon Lester is a trade policy analyst at the Cato Institute. Subscribe to the Cato Daily Podcast wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast. <laughs>